When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We observe today not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The human zoo, where they don't hide away the sick animals. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham. It's time to attention when I'm talking to you! On Talk Radio. Dismiss! Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It is the start of yet another tumultuous week uh, in Parliament, of course. We're going to get Theresa May turning up a little bit later on today with her Plan B. The trouble is, a lot of people think Plan B is going to be very similar to Plan A. Here's what I think it's going to be like. It's going to be no different at all as to Plan A, except she's going to try and convince us that she's going to get something better before the vote takes place next week. We should have been down there this morning, but we decided, actually, you know what? Actually, it's not important enough to be down there today. We'd rather be here in the studio talking to you about many, many more important matters because Westminster isn't all there is to talk about. Quite frankly, Westminster this week is going to be boring. It's going to be dull. It's not going to be in any way uh, wave forming. It is not going to be in any way interesting. It is not going to be informative. The only place you need to be right here, right now, is on Talk Radio at 10 o'clock where common sense is the king and where common sense is also the queen. Uh, And it may even be of a non-binary nature, just common sense with no gender whatsoever. What we are going to talk about this morning is cowboy builders because believe it or not uh, the institution uh, which runs the building trade in this country has actually said do you know what if you try and hire somebody to build something around your house maybe a new extension maybe a little wall down by the back of the garden maybe even just to come inside the house and start changing things around slightly put a, a little wall between your living room and your bedroom or put a little wall between your bedroom and your kitchen or a little wall between your living room uh, and your conservatory or even put a conservatory on if the guy that you've hired says he can start work next week do not hire him and I'll tell you why because it means if he's got an opportunity to work for you then he's actually no good what sort of message is that to send we want to hear your stories this morning you must have hired people that have screwed things up you must have hired people that have done terrible things to your house or you may have hired people who were brilliant we want to hear your stories please 0344 499 1000 also coming up we're going to be asking whether Russell Brand can consider himself a real feminist if in fact as he has now uh, admitted he doesn't even bother changing his baby's nappies and of course we'll be asking you whether you were out there taking any pictures uh, of the blood red moon or the wolf blood red moon or whatever the hell it's called 
I wasn't. I was asleep when it happened. I didn't see it, but I've been sent some pictures by some friends of mine. We'll be getting stuck into that as well. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on the home of Common Sense. It's the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. And so, you're sitting there with your other half, looking around. It's January. You might not have that much money to spare, but you're thinking, wouldn't it be nice if we could just change the aspect of the garden, maybe? Maybe we just put a little wall in over there, build a little herb garden, maybe grow some oregano, put some tomatoes down for the spring. Maybe uh, we maybe get a new bathroom in, in fact, because, you know, as much as we've had this bathroom for a while and we quite like it, it's really, really time to change it. And what about putting an extra bedroom on uh, the back of the house? Because we've got planning permission, uh, we could maybe do that I know let's hire some builders to do something for us and let's hope that they don't rip us off let's hope that they do a decent job because at the end of the day nobody really knows how to be a builder nobody knows really when you buy a builder and a service is in you don't know whether they're going to be any good you hope that they're going to be certified you hope that they're going to be affiliated uh, with uh, the Federation of Master Builders and if that's the case then they will probably have uh, a sort of a blue tick by their name if you like however the Federation of Master Builders has today said if you hire somebody who says they they can start work for you next week the chances are they're probably not very good and they're probably not to be used and they're probably not to be regulated properly because in fact if they've got any openings whatsoever in their diaries it means that they are not in sufficient demand to actually be useful builders at all now loads of you will have had experiences like this loads of you uh, will have cowboy builder stories to tell me and i want to hear them all you can tweet them to me at talk radio at iromg uh, or you can call us of course at 0344 499-1000. It's a massive, massive story of great interest to thousands and thousands of people up and down this country. Because you might also uh, be somebody like Robbie Williams or Jimmy Page who are having a massive row and have gone to court over it because uh, Robbie Williams wants to build an underground swimming pool, an underground cinema at the bottom of his garden. And of course, loads of people are building extensions. You might be suffering as a result of that. So we want to hear those stories as well. If somebody's building something next to you, which is taking longer than the bleeding pyramids, you know what what it's like. 0344 Let's talk to Barry Mortimer, Director of the Federation of Master Builders, and find out why um, you should try and hire somebody who's too busy to work for you. Barry, a very good morning to you. Hello. Thank you very much for joining us. Now, you'll forgive me for being slightly elongated in my introduction there, but there'll be many, many more people, I suppose, out there who are suffering as a result of hiring the wrong kind of builder uh, than there are who are cheering to the rafters because they've hired the right kind. Because it's quite hard to get somebody good. And when you do get somebody good, you don't really want to share them. Well, that's right. And the word that you used earlier that I really like is common sense. Yeah. There are three or four things that the public can do when they choose a builder. But frighteningly, um, people are just willing to choose the first person who come along. They won't get quotes. They won't see two or three. Right. They don't get recommendations and they end up in problems. Yes, indeed. And I mean, it's all very well, I guess, for you guys to say, please don't hire anybody unless you've got the special qualification or the special blue tick or whatever it is that you give them as, as members of your federation. But if, if you're in a sort of, not necessarily a massive hurry to get something done, but if you find somebody who's good and they say, well, we can't really start for another three months, a lot of people get frustrated and just go to somebody else, don't they? I think the public in general are really surprised when we talk to them because we are exhibitions all over the country helping inviting the public and when you tell them about the lead times for a builder before they come available quite often they go into shock but it's like any occupation if you want somebody who's really good and if you want a master builder who I guess in football terms is Premier League if you want somebody really good then quite often they're not going to be available tomorrow. 
Yes, but and so what's the plan then? Should you be thinking so far down the road, which not a lot of people do, um, that basically you're going, I'll tell you what, I quite like a new bathroom, but I'm willing to wait until next Christmas to get it done. I think it's about planning ahead. So think about the sort of project that you want. Look out for builders. Um, really, you know, ask around, um, talk to neighbours, talk to people who've had a good job, but don't just rely on a recommendation. Sometimes, you know, Mr or Mrs Joe Bloggs over the road might recommend a builder, say how fantastic he is, but actually he's really good because he, you know, pats the dog, has a nice chat when she makes him or he makes him a cup of tea. There's a lot more you've got to do. So, you know, a good builder... For example, if you're having an extension done, say to that builder, can I go and visit one of your clients where you've built a similar extension? If the builder says no way, yeah. then, you know, I'm not going to go with that builder. Talk. To, you want to really get a quote for, you know, maybe three or even four uh, quotes from a builder for a reasonable size project like a loft or an extension right. don't just go to the first one and get them all on a level playing field so they all need a plan an outline you need to meet them all need the same drawings and get them to quote on a level playing field if you've got three or four quotes in front of you and one is thousands and thousands lower than all of the others there's probably a reason for that. That might ring a few alarm bells as well. There's some of the simple things, and as you said earlier, common sense things that you can do. And what about the shortage that we're currently hearing about of builders? Is it the case that there are not so many of them around at the moment purely because more and more people are kind of improving their homes rather than moving to buy a um, new one? There is an absolute um, skills crisis out there in the whole country when it comes to construction construction i know you don't want to talk about brexit and westminster and well I i'm trying really hard not to but it's not but, easy <laughs> well what i would say is before brexit sort of uh, you know <laughs> popped up as it has done there already was a skills crisis in construction it's worse in some areas than others london is is pretty bad in london i think about um about a third of builders in london um are, are from outside of the eu so we've got people brilliant builders great builders who are going back to their countries of origin now so um, and that's having an effect for homeowners because what we've got is this shortage of bricklayers carpenters mm. uh, is pushing up the wages and also shouldn't we be training more of them then if we're talking about long-term training yeah. and long-term thinking yeah. if no, you're expecting like customers to think long-term should the business and the industry not be thinking long-term yes we, we totally support trying to get more homegrown builders more young people into apprenticeships in construction there's some fantastic jobs in construction, but it's convincing young people, parents, careers teachers to encourage young people to enter construction. But it's a really, really difficult challenge, but right. you're right. I mean, how, what sort of training would you say that people need to have? I mean, like you were talking about apprenticeships and all of that. I mean, if, if for example, we were to say to people in schools right now, 16-year-olds, say, look, you know, you might not want to go to university. You don't want to come out of a place with £30,000 worth of debt and a degree in media studies which means nothing it won't get you anywhere you know why don't you start training now to be a builder what can they do where can they go it sounds like you should be out and about right now encouraging people into construction yeah it's exactly the message that we're giving out mm. you're not going to be two three four years in university coming out with a whomping great debt um, their uh, wages are actually going up and up in construction yeah there's fantastic careers and we find with our master builders that within about six years of them completing an apprenticeship, uh, a lot of them are running their own businesses. And, you know, there's, to be quite honest, a lot of money to be made and really rewarding and worthwhile careers sure. in construction. No, I, absolutely. Overlooked. Yeah. 
But what can we do, though, then, uh, Barry, since we're both on the same page here? How do we get people? I mean, obviously, I've got a radio show, so I'm very fortunate and I can spread the message far and wide. How would you how would you sell to a 15, 16 year old kid? You know, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to go. This is the letter you need to send. I mean, precisely what do you have to do? I think the starting point really is to want to do it. A lot of people get pushed into the into construction because you know they can't think of anything else to do. We're looking for young people mm. with energy. I mean, building really being a builder is about problem solving. You know, right. a lot of it is about and skills as well. There's some fantastic apprenticeships out there, and there's some there's lots and lots of really good pl- employers. I mean, master builders take on and train. Well, small builders take on and train about probably 60% of apprentices in the country. They'll take you into their workforce. They'll give you a really good all-round training. You'll pick up a wide range of skills. But I think one of the things is is that I think with careers teachers, they tend to come from academic backgrounds, mm. not practical. Um, so that that's a bit of a problem. Right. There's a bit of a job to be done in the schools to say, you know, look here, there's some really great jobs. It's not all about going and do media, mm. media skills right. or media training. There are other fantastic worthwhile occupations i mean do local councils hire people for example i've got an interesting tweet here from somebody called uh, down with he says i didn't call in the builders i called the council and in a nice way of saying it they messed up just like the cowboy builders by all means train people but don't get them to train on my house and i see what he means there i think what he's saying is is that he hired uh, or he asked the council to come and fix something up for him uh, and they sent a load of people who might not have been quite as well trained perhaps as they should be do councils hire people uh, councils tend to contract out a lot of the work, but okay. councils do have their own teams who go in and redecorate or rebuild. So with that particular tweet, it's really impossible to say who, you know, who's done the work. But yes, that some councils do will have their own build teams. Right. Okay. And so basically, the message now for for people listening, Barry, is that there presumably are a lot of cowboy builders out there. How good are you, or how impossible is it for you to police that? You know, because when somebody does have somebody mess up. And, and, and make a, a complete and utter you know, bad job yeah. of, of something in the house. What can you do about well, that? Well, we're, we, we're launching a major campaign um, this year calling on the government to licence the building trade. Anyone can set up as a builder. Right. You and me, we could go down the pub after, have a chat, and tomorrow we could be trading as a builder. Right. I don't know how good we'd be, but anyone I can tell can you how uh, I would not be very good at all. I did once when I got once made unemployed. Uh, I was fired from a job in a newspaper, and I helped a guy build a patio with me because he was he was coming the following day. And I said, "I'm terribly sorry, I haven't got a job anymore. I'll still pay you, uh, but I have to help you do it because I've nothing else to do." And he taught me a few things, but I don't think I can do it on my own. Well, exactly. But there are people who are setting up building companies left, right and centre. But just Mm. think about it. If you want someone in your home to work on your gas boiler, they have to be gas safe registered. Yes. If you want someone to do the electrics in your house, they have to have all the proper professional qualifications. But if you want to hire a builder to build an extension, put a loft in, anyone can do it. And there's a really big problem there. So we are calling on the government to license the building trade. And in other countries around the world, you see licensing schemes in in operation working really, really well. So that's something 
that the Federation of Master Builders is really keen on and will be campaigning on. Okay, and just to go back once again to that dreaded Brexit word, are you saying that all of the people that we know, for example, who came from places like Poland and other parts of Eastern Europe, perhaps, are now sort of disappearing? They're not going to be any longer available? We are seeing um, EU migrant workers going home for three reasons. One, the exchange rate. Mm. It's going down since Brexit. Every time we have a bit of a blip in Parliament, it drops a bit more so they can earn as much money, if not more, abroad. There are other impacts. So they're not going home as such, they're going to other countries? Um, well, I think, I think that they're, leaving, they're leaving this country. Some, some of the people don't feel welcome, but it's also having another impact, and it's pushing material prices up. We import a lot of building materials from other countries. Right. So, and that's getting passed on to consumers. Like what, for example? Well, I mean, all sorts of, you know, it could be windows, it could be wood, it could be all sorts of fittings, but we import a lot of building materials uh. with the exchange rate. Prices are going up. So, you know, when you get a quote, look at how long the prices will hold for. And what we also recommend with the public is to have a contract and don't pay cash. So that's some of the, going back to the common sense words, some of the things to think about. So if a builder wants a great huge bag of cash, you're not, you shouldn't be going with that builder. And um, just check, you really do need a contract. You're much more protected with a contract. Master builder will will offer a contract with all of them. So you've got a standard one that you can ask for. Okay, Barry, thank you very much indeed. Barry Mortimer there, London Director uh, of the Federation of Master Builders. Let's talk to Larry, uh, who's in a place called Burkeswell, I think. Hello, Larry. Hi, how are you doing? doing? Is it Burkeswell, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Where's that? Near near Birmingham. Oh, right, okay. Well, welcome to the show, Larry. What do you want to say? Um, I was just covering that point, you know, where people say about uh, visiting previous jobs. Yes, which is the way it's worked, well, for a very long time with reputable builders. But mm. the problem we've got now is that with the introduction of GDPR, oh, yeah. the data protection stuff, we can't keep customers' details. And even if we were able to secure them, ah. we can't pass them on to a third party like another customer. Oh, right. So, so if I say to you, can you get, put me in touch with someone you've done work for in the past, you're not able to do that? No, not unless I contact them and right. say, would you mind having a complete stranger wandering around and asking <laughs> questions? Yes, indeed. I mean, could you get them to sign something when you do a bit of work for them, which says, you know, would you mind if we use your, uh, you know, your reference or your kind of endorsement of us on our website or something? Yeah, absolutely, we can. I mean, we anonymise any any stuff on the website mm. with references and so on. But the the thing is, again, it's it's that reluctance perfectly understandable where people will say well yeah but who's going to come sure. round? well i don't know people that are, you know want us to quote etc right. so it's it's a very difficult situation now that aspect of right it. so how do you find yourself getting business do people come to you because they see an advert somewhere how do you how, how do you sort of how do you get jobs Obviously, these days, it's more and more through the website, but then there's the, you know, the time on a tradition of of referrals. You know, one customer will speak to someone who's having some work done or someone will see their house and and word spreads from there. So I'd say these days, it's pretty much a 50-50 split between online and personal referral. And is business pretty good at the moment, John? I mean, we're hearing that it's quite difficult now to find a builder who's got any time in their schedule to do anything. Um, yeah, it is. It, it is if you're expecting, you know, I mean, if you're going to ring up and say, hi, we want an extension, can you start next week? Well, no, it's not going to happen because you're sort of three, four months ahead at least. 
But if your expectations are a little bit more realistic or if you're planning further ahead, then it's not usually a problem. There are plenty of decent builders Mm. and tradesmen out there. They're just booked up in advance. Yes, no, absolutely right. And I mean, I presume as well, you will see, Larry, loads of cowboys out there that you know who they are and uh, you can't stop them from kind of continually ruining people's lives. No, I mean, we don't see them too much. We quite often come across the results of their work. Right. Um, But, yeah, it's one of those where, well, I suppose with any other trade or profession, you tend to to mix in your own circle. So if you're above board, pay all your taxes, have your insurances and do the work properly, you're not really going to come into contact with cowboys because they're no more interested in you than they are in in them. No, I get the point. Larry, thanks very much indeed. Very useful information. Larry there from Berkswell saying, you know, it's quite difficult sometimes to pass on other people's kind of uh, experiences that they've had with you as a builder because of the uh, data protection laws. Interesting that. Uh, let's talk now, though, about something completely different uh, before we take more of your calls. 0344 Coming up in the next hour, of course, uh, we will be touching upon what is going on this week uh, in Westminster. Ross Kempsell uh, will be joining us. We'll find out whether uh, the Good Friday Agreement is going to be rewritten. Professor Fergal Cochrane is going to join us uh, from the uh, International Conflict Department uh, down in Northern Ireland. We'll find out from him what is likely to happen with the backstop, what's likely to happen with the budgets, uh, what's likely to happen with all the border problems as well. Right now, let's talk to John Adams, who's a parenting blogger at dadblockuk.com, because incredibly, Russell Brand, uh, Rusty Rockets, as he's known on Twitter, uh, has apparently come out with his great feminist credentials and said, I don't change nappies. Well, he's not a feminist then, is he? John, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Uh, good morning, Mike. How can you be a feminist and not change nappies? Uh, well, I've got to be honest, I don't really think it's got a huge amount to do with, with feminism. Really? I think it's got, got to do with um, whether you are, uh, you know, an involved parent uh, or, or not. Yeah. Um, and I think, I really don't think Brand is, um, well, he's not, he's not, uh, he's not setting the best example. He's not. Well, maybe, I mean, maybe he's the sort of guy who doesn't make his own cheese sandwich either. I mean, you know, maybe he's just too rich to do anything. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I read um, there was an article in The Sun about this, which, yeah. which I've read. And I think, I mean, it goes a little bit further than that, where it's, he, he sort of talks about how he's, he, he hasn't and wouldn't want to be left alone for 24 hours yeah. with his kid because um, he, he, he feels that his wife is better at it. I mean, right. on, on the one hand, I don't know whether to feel sorry for the guy and think, oh, well, clearly you've got a huge loss of, uh, you know, lack of confidence yeah. there. Um, but, you, you know... You, <laughs> There's this old phrase which I dislike intensely, which is, you know, mother knows best. It's not mother knows best, it's practice makes perfect. Well, also, if you're a dad, right, and I am one, as I'm sure you are, uh, you want to be involved, don't you? You want to be involved as much as you can be. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, there's been a huge uh, trend in recent years of fathers getting much, much, much more involved with the kids. You know, the the 1950s are consigned to history. Yeah. And, you know... Well, feminism does come into play to this, of course, is that most women do work these days, even when they have kids. And that yeah. means that there is pressure on dad. Right. He's got to be uh, involved. And I think it's desperately sad um, if any father... And when they're little, I mean, you really... I mean, you know when you, they get older, you, you kind of... You don't really think about it until then. But you, when you do think about it, you really miss that period of time when they were tiny. I mean, I remember, like, giving them a little bath in the sink or something like that, sponging them down, that smell of new baby you know you just now they're just kind of grumpy teenagers and you kind of go i wish you were smaller <laughs> really <laughs> well it, it's funny you say that because my my, uh, my youngest is six my, my oldest is, is almost 10 and right. i have been uh, reminiscing 
a bit recently. Because it was a great time, wasn't it? Uh, they were, because, um, you know, kids get older, they form their own opinions, they want to do their own thing, yeah. and, you know. I don't mean to sound like some sort of megalomaniac, but you know, you're no longer the special thing in well, their no, eyes. Well, no, no, but this, I mean every stage of it is fantastic, and I've you know, I've got them ranging in age from now sort of uh, twelve to twenty-eight, you know. But but there is that moment, that sort of period of two, three years when they're tiny, where they're just amazing. Yes, yes, but well, they are absolutely amazing, yeah. and and they they you can see the sort of wonder in their eyes, yeah. and discovering the world. Yeah. Uh, and they haven't sort of been, you know. I mean, there was a, there was a time when their mother was a bit like that as well. But you know, unfortunately, that's passed as well. You know, she doesn't look at you with that look anymore. She doesn't like, you know, become amazed by the things that you say. It's all become a bit run of the mill. <laughs> well, that's that's just life, isn't it? That's it is marriage for you. It is absolutely <laughs> right. So, what words of of wisdom can you impart to Mr. Russell Brand, a man who is rather laughably described by the Sun as he's famed for mumbo jumbo, which I think is great. Uh, yes, yeah, I, I I did pick up on that comment as well. Um, yeah, I, I think um, what, what what's the worst that that can happen? Um, you know, do you know what? If I were him, I would be telling uh, my other half to to go away for a long weekend. Yes, leave me in charge with the kids. And so what that she returns back to a house that is yeah. turned upside down? Absolutely, I could not agree more with you, John. Thank you very much indeed, John Adams, parenting blogger uh, at dadblog dot uh, sorry dadblogguk dot com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.
This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. 0344 is the number. You can still tweet to me, of course, especially uh, if you've got a picture this morning uh, of the remarkable uh, sight which was up in the sky, a super blood wolf moon. You can tweet it at Talk Radio, uh, or, of course, you can tweet it to me at IROMG. Message it to 87222. Uh, text will cost you 25p plus your normal network rate. And don't forget to start your message with the word talk. Let's talk uh, now to the Ro- Dr. Robert Massey, uh, who is, of course, Deputy Executive. Executive Director at the Royal Astronomical Society because uh, I've got some pictures which are quite remarkable. I saw the moon last night as I was kind of uh, leaving Sussex, heading up to London, and it was very, very bright uh, before it became uh, that very red uh, super blood wolf moon around about five o'clock this morning. Uh, Dr. Massey, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Now, I don't know whether you saw it yourself. I presume somebody in your business would have to be up to uh, to, to witness the, uh, the, the, the moon at 5 a.m.? Well, we well, I mean, um, I did see it, although only briefly. I got up just before four o'clock, ah. looked out, um, and saw a glimpse in the clouds. I was right. over in Bristol, saw a tiny glimpse in the clouds, saw the moon going into eclipse. Didn't see anything after that. Right. But but the good news is, I think a lot of people around the UK did, and that's why you're you're right to talk about these amazing photos. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm certainly seeing and, and quite a lot of quite decent sort of amateur pictures as well, which are clearly not necessarily taken through a telescopic site or anything like that. And and you know, it, 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 more and more of these uh, uh, sort of moon pictures are now uh, able to be got by people, aren't they? Well, you can even take a picture of an eclipse moon with your smartphone, actually, yeah. with a modern camera. If you just zoom in on it, if you, particularly if you can hold it steady against a wall or something, you'll right. get a half-decent image. Uh, you know, I did that myself on holiday last year when, I, was, when I'm, I saw the eclipse that actually then I did get a view of, but at the same time, people in the UK didn't. So, you know, it swings and roundabouts depending where you are. But uh, you, you're quite right. You know, it doesn't take that much uh, high-quality equipment to capture this because the moon is actually pretty bright. You know, it's as bright as ground is on yeah. the Earth. And even in the middle of the eclipse, although it, I understand this one was a bit darker than some, it's still a fairly bright mm. object in the sky and a, and a beautiful one. And it gives the appearance, and I know this is going to sound slightly bizarre and mad, it gives the appearance of being more kind of 3D, if you like, than a normal moon, doesn't it? I always think it looks a bit like Mars hanging in the night sky. It looks as though suddenly, you know, Mars moved a moved hundred times closer and there yeah. we are looking at this weird world sitting yeah. next to us. Now, obviously, the moon is a world in its own right and it is actually half as big as Mars, you know. But nonetheless, it's, it, you're right, it does give that eerie effect. You mm. look at it and you think, well, you know, this isn't this familiar thing that we're used to lighting up the landscape around, around us, particularly at full moon. It's suddenly taking on this really odd quality. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's absolutely stunning. I mean, I think, I think uh, you know, I've always enjoyed looking at lunar eclipses. They're a lot easier to see than solar eclipses. Yeah. They're a lot more common. Uh, you usually don't have to travel to go and see them or anything like that. You just have to get outside. And if you've got a clear sky, and that's always the crucial thing, then you can enjoy the view. Yeah, I think, in fact, I saw the last one, which was not that long ago, uh, which happened at a bit more of a sort of sociable hour, like sort of midnight, one o'clock, something like that. Didn't have to kind of wake up at five uh, in order to see it. But, um, I mean, one of the things that I find interesting is that we seem to be seeing more of these episodes, if you like, uh, of, of, of lunar kind of life than we ever did. I don't remember when I was growing up, um, you know, last century, for want of a better phrase, um, you know, all of these different types of moons that we could now see. You know, we've got the blood moon, we've got the wolf moon, Uh, you know. There's there's two sides to this. I mean, firstly, it's really good that I think people are more aware of events like eclipses because, you know, the efforts of myself, my colleagues, people in Greenwich and so on, are to kind of make sure that they're in the public eye, that we make sure people are aware of them and they can get out and have a look. Um, Secondly, I mean, some of the stuff around blood moons does have us rolling our eyes a bit because we think, well, it was all based on this weird biblical prophecy from a few years ago and the names, names are really taken off. 
But um, the nice thing about it, I guess, is that actually, you know, people do go out and look. That They know these things are coming with the Internet. It's really easy to look up the map of where you can see at the times it's going to happen. And that means that, you know, the number of people, I think, witnessing these things has really soared. Mm. And you've got that combined with better smartphones, better cameras at a lower cost, and we're all able to share this material and enjoy the experience that much better. No, indeed. And when is the next one to look forward to? Because, as I say, they seem to be coming along sort of more often. Maybe it's just because I'm getting uh, yeah, old and time I, is flying I, I, more. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's probably the case for you and me too. But yeah. you know, they're, they're not actually any more often on average. But the next one will be from the UK, is visible in 2022. We don't oh, really? see the whole of we don't quite see the whole of it. It'll be right. setting at the end. That in itself, if you've got a clear horizon, offers you know that could offer some really nice photos. But um, the next full total lunar eclipse that we get to see isn't until 2029. But wow. you know, I think I'll be looking at in 2022. Unfortunately, it's also at a somewhat unearthly time of day. It's around sunrise, mm. so I can't remember if it's summer or winter because obviously that dictates just how antisocial it is but um but you know well worth getting up for well certainly 10 years from now i'll be lucky if i can see anything so i'll be very grateful to see a moon and finally uh, let me just ask you this dr massey are the chinese still on the far side of it um or is the their China, probe still on the far side of it the, the chinese rover and lander as far as i know are still working well um but obviously the plants they'd sprouted in containers there have now died that's because the containers went into the lunar night so right. the temperature went down to about minus 100 i think you've got Oy. You've got to have some pretty hardy plants yeah. to survive that. You know, talk about frost in Britain killing things. Imagine that. But yeah. no, the rover's still there. It's trundling around, sending back pictures. And I, I hope, secretive though they are, they send back some more soon as well. Well, I was going to say, because from their perspective, if they're on the far side during an eclipse, does, would they see something different to what we see? Uh, well, if you're on the far side during eclipse, you won't see anything because you'll be in this. Um, well, I mean, you'll be you'll be in darkness anyway. Right. Um, at this point, at, at full moon, the backside of the moon is in, is night, so that the rover will be in will be in the dark essentially. So it wouldn't really see very much. If you were on the moon on the near side, you would see a silhouette of the Earth with a red ring of sunlight around it. I imagine that would be pretty spectacular. Yeah, I bet it would. Uh, Dr Robert Massey, thank you very much indeed. Deputy Executive Director of the Royal Astronomical Society. If you saw uh, anything this morning, uh, you will remember it, of course. If you took a picture of it, we'd love to see it. Uh, tweet it to us at Talk Radio. If you haven't, uh, you should have a look at some of the pictures that are online currently because there's some amazing ones where it looks literally like a sort of red snooker ball in the sky, uh, sitting behind various monuments, sitting behind various landmarks and all that sort of thing. So fascinating stuff. Uh, but the next one you won't now see uh, for about another 10 years, apparently. More blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic for people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far <laughs> enough. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. This is the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. You know what to do. We're not in Westminster this week. We may be later on if it gets a little bit hot down there, if it gets a little bit interesting, if it gets a little bit sort of, shall we say, maelstrom-like. Uh, but at the moment, uh, it's all looking rather boring, I have to say. Uh, Theresa May will be uh, down there this afternoon uh, trying to complain and explain uh, to everybody what is actually going on with her Plan B, uh, which really will be very similar to Plan A uh, without the backstop, supposedly. We don't know. Uh, Ross Campson will keep you informed throughout the course of the day of course right here on talk radio 0344 499 1000 we've got loads of you to talk to let's kick things off with sean in gospel hello sean hello mike very good morning or good afternoon i should say what do you got for us 
Yeah, yeah, it is afternoon. I, I nearly said good morning myself, but I have it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Theresa May, I, I, I can't see what else she's going to do. You, you kind of stole my thunder in your little introduction there. Well, that's my um, job. I, so you have to come up with something better now, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, essentially, she's going to try and repackage Plan A and then try and tell people she's going to remove the backstop. But the EU's been pretty consistent. They said that they won't take the backstop out of the withdrawal agreement. So... She's on the road to nowhere, basically, with it. And all of her own MPs, the DUP, they've all said the same thing. Yeah. That if the backstop remains, you know, excuse the pun, yeah. they, they, won't, they won't support the deal. But you'd have to so, say, would you not, Sean, if you were a betting man and you were trying to look at both of these scenarios, the, mo- the more likely scenario is not that the DUP swallow it and just go along with it, but in the more likely scenario is that the, the European Union eventually will fold on the basis that they'd rather have the deal than not. I'm, I'm not sure they will. I, I'm, I mean, they've been pretty consistent, to be fair to them, throughout the negotiation. Not, not that I'm all of a sudden batting for the EU, but yeah. I'm just saying that their, their position hasn't moved for pretty much two years, whereas Theresa May has gone from no deal is better than a bad deal to, oh, my goodness, any sort of deal will do. Yeah. And she's kind of boxed herself into this position now when, the way I see it, she's, she's either got to turn around to the country and say, look, we're going to leave in March, regardless mm. of whether we've got an agreement or not, or she's got to revoke Article 50. Well, she's and kind she of goes, said that, hasn't she? I mean, last week she more or less said in, in Prime Minister's questions, when she was asked two times, twice, uh, she was asked, one, uh, will you guarantee that, that we will not leave without a deal? And she refused to guarantee that. And second of all, when it came up again later, she said, look, you know, we are leaving the European Union on March the 29th, regardless of whatever happens between now and then. So at the moment, that's the line she's giving out. Yeah, and, and the only way any of this really changes is if you do get a revocation of the scenario, is if she comes back and changes the law. That's, that's the only way, because you've got to start tabling other legislation yeah. in place of the current legislation. I just can't see it happening. I can't see it happening. This is why my belief, very firmly, and I've been wrong before, I don't mind admitting it, um, my belief is that they will, they, she will lose the next vote next Tuesday by a much smaller margin than she did uh, last time around. Uh, so maybe by a factor of 30 to 50, I would say. Uh, and somehow she will then finesse that and get it through on the third attempt. Well, imagine a scenario where the numbers don't really change. Imagine she does come back with the yeah. withdrawal agreement and mm. the backstop's still in it. Let's just say Parliament doesn't move and the numbers are very similar. Yeah. She's literally out of options. It's literally like watching the sand go down in the little egg timer. Yeah. And it's just like, what are you doing? You're, you're either going to yeah. say to the country... We're leaving in March regardless. Or you're going to turn around to the country and say, look, we need to revoke Article 50 because if we don't do that, we're going to run out of time and I think this yeah. is going to be a disaster. I think if she comes back with the same kind of numbers next Tuesday, I think you're then going to start talking about her walking away. You've got to then, if you're in the Tory party, be thinking, we need to get somebody else to make this work. The trouble is with that, she's one of these people, I think, that's so stubborn, she won't quit. Mm. Even though a key component of her agenda is just not going anywhere, she she literally won't resign. So she can't be challenged for the Conservative leadership because they've already lost, so you've got to wait another 12 months. If she gets challenged in Parliament again, we don't necessarily have the numbers to force a general election. Mm. So, essentially, we, we are stuck. <laughs> yeah, no, listen, I know it's a very frustrating process, but I always think there's always a way out. You know, whenever you're told this can't happen, that can't happen, somebody finds a way. So, for example, if they got so dis- 
disheartened in the Tory party, they would probably find a way not to have a vote to kick her out, but just to have a word and say, look, Theresa, this ain't working. You know, you got defeated by 230 votes last time. This time, you got defeated by 225. You've managed to get five back over the course of the last two weeks. It's not good enough. You're not uniting the country, which is what you said you would do. Therefore, uh, we think you should walk away. And I think under those circumstances, she might consider doing that. I, I hope so, but I, I don't see it happening. She does. She seems to be like Teflon, nothing sticks mm. to her, and she'll just carry on regardless with this. Well, I think it's insanity yeah. because the well, definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. And yeah, exactly right. That's why we're not in Westminster because I want to want to sit there all week and just talk to people about what might happen because that, in the end, is all we can do at the moment. Sean, thanks very much for your call. Let's talk to Susan, uh, who's in Exeter, wants to talk about builders. I think. Hello, Susan. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. Um, it's afternoon, well, I... actually, darling. Oh, sorry, sorry. Don't I, worry. I, it, we're so cold, aren't we? The whole nation is suffering. It's a bit it. chilly, it's like... isn't it? Although, do you know what? My sister, who lives in uh, Connecticut, in America, yeah. sent me a note this morning to say yeah. that it was uh, uh, it was five degrees Fahrenheit. Five? What's that in centigrade, then? Well, 32 degrees Fahrenheit is freezing, right? So that's zero. Oh, yeah. So take away uh, a further 20, uh, 27 degrees Fahrenheit, and that's how cold it is. Well, you've lost me already, but is what? it cold? Well, like 20, well, it's 27, well, it's 27 degrees colder than freezing. That's pretty cold. Oh, no! Yes! Is that possible? Yes! Oh, God. Well, how are they... Oh, what is, what is your beautiful daughter doing in Davos? She's working. She works over there because uh, she's with a TV company who have gone to cover the uh, economic oh, summit. I, she I lives the life gonna... of Riley, I'm telling you. I get stuck in London. She travels no. the world. No, she doesn't got time for that. She's working. Oh, yeah, I used to be in all in Switzerland, so okay, I thought she was in skiing. No, it's fine. It's a very beautiful country. It's just freezing. Did you say you used I, to live there? Yeah, well, nine months I was in all pair just outside oh, right. Zurich. Very nice. So it's, it's a very beautiful country. Yeah. You were a chalet but, girl, were you? No, I was an all pair to a bank director. Oh, very nice. He, he was a millionaire. This was years ago. I'll tell you about it one day if you want to know. Building... Um, I just thought I'd like to say, I was listening to your gentleman that was phoning about discussing building issues yes. and mm. master builders. Yes. Um, my two uncles were master builders and they made a lot of money, but mm. they were very, very good. They built houses for people to right. order. You know, they were very, very clever. Uh-huh. There is money in it, and you, but you have to get a good build, builder. You have to. Get, it's like everything, isn't it? You want a good job doing. Yes. The trouble um, is you've got to trust them, though, haven't you? Because you can't always be sure when you first hire them whether they're going to be any good. Absolutely. Trust is very, very important. Um, I just I, I just thought I'd like to say something. I was sort of mentioning this to Marta this morning, your lady in the production oh, yes. um, studio. She's from Spain, uh, you know. I know she is. She mm. sounds Polish to me. She sounds Polish. like a lovely Polish girl. Yeah. <laughs> she won't like that. She won't uh, think. She's got a cold. No, no, I, I love them all. She, she did. It, she, it must be my ears. Must be. Um, but if you um, want, if we have any lovely elderly people out there who are a little bit worried, um, I don't know builders, but I've, I've, I've come across some information that Age UK supply, and they supply a list of, of, of reliable, trustworthy plumbers and electricians and builders. Oh, that's good. And you, own, and you only have to phone them up. And these people have been uh, are registered and they have been checked out. So I thought that's quite useful to give to, 
That is useful information. You no, know, to that, get out. that is very good information. As Susan, as ever, thank you very much indeed for that. That's most helpful. Susan says you can go uh, find some uh, good information on Age UK's website uh, if you're an elderly person not sure about a local plumber in your area. Let's talk to Angela, uh, who's in the West Midlands. Hi, Angela. Hello there. Hi. How are you doing? What do you want to tell us, Angela? Yeah, I'm really good. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my um, problem is the Federation of Master Builders, and oh. I would actually query the point of the institution. And the, the reason being is that uh, we fell foul of a, a cowboy builder right. about three years ago. Uh-huh. Uh, found him online. He was registered with the Federation of Master Builders and, and Trustmark, etc. Um, and unfortunately, when he disappeared off our job, leaving us in a, a right state, I have to say, All right. he disappeared. So we wrote to the FMB. Um, who said, fine, we'll contact him. They wrote to the builder, um, and then we received a letter back from the Federation of Master Builders a couple of weeks later saying that uh, the builder hadn't responded to the letter, so they removed him from their membership, and because he was no longer a member, they couldn't help us. And had 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 you paid him for the job as well? Yeah, we paid, well, we paid him £32,500 out of thirty five. Yeah, so, I mean, I will be honest, we actually went to court last week, and we're doing Crown Court coming up soon, um, because trading standards have been absolutely brilliant, but I would say to anybody, the Federation of Master Builders, I don't understand how they can do that. Somebody that was a a member of theirs, and, and was, you know, actually shown to be a member on their website, so they just decided to remove him and say, well, he's not a member, so he can't help you anymore, and I think that's a warning to a lot Mm. of people, um, in terms of who the Federation of Master Builders are, what they actually stand for sure i mean had you been able to angela i presume you would have done it but probably you weren't able to would you did you have to pay him that much money sort of before he finished the job as it were no we we basically the the job was supposed to be thirty five thousand pounds which was a fair price for the job had he done it correctly finished it um but the contract that we agreed to was that he would take 10 weeks to do the job we paid him seven and a half thousand pounds deposit up front and then we made an agreement to pay him every week thereafter. Right. Um, so we paid him for about £2,700 a week. And um, because we weren't over the 10 weeks, it came to a point where we said we'll hold the final payment, which is why we only paid him 32 and a half hours, whatever, the 35. Um, but he completely disappeared off our job. Um, so it was nice last week to see him in Cork. That's the first time I've seen or seen or heard from him right. um, in three years. Um, but yeah, it's just a warning, really, to say the no, Federation of Master Builders. I don't, I don't understand how an institution that, that sort of you believe is uh, is reputable can just say, well, we've written him off our book, so we yeah. can't help you anymore. But I would definitely say trading standards are absolutely brilliant. Okay. Um, I hope nobody has to go down that route. Yeah, well, maybe that's really good. Our, that's, uh, yeah. Thanks for letting us know, Andrew. Maybe the good thing to do then is to call trading standards, perhaps, before you hire somebody and find out whether anybody's ever complained about them in the past. Maybe that's the way to go. Andrew, thanks very much indeed. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 